seems like people watch more television shows once they subscribe to a streaming service. I know people who have started listening to a lot more music once they subscribe to a service that gives them access to more music. I also know that a lot of us out there wish we read more. Enter Kindle Unlimited. For just $9.99 a month, you get access to a wide library of over a million books and thousands of audiobooks. Follow the link on our page for a free 30-day trial, and it works on any device. That's right, you don't even need to have a Kindle, you just have to have a screen. Kindle Unlimited, free 30-day trial, just follow the link. And now, the Puck University Expansion Special. Hello and welcome to Puck University's Expansion Special, our first episode of the new academic year. With students arriving on campuses all over the country and the regular season less than two months away, it's time to check back in on the world of college hockey. This week we're going to explore a topic that most college hockey fans have been known to run with. If money weren't an issue, which schools would you like to see added to the hockey world? After all, with only 60 teams in Division One, it's an exclusive club. There's always room to grow. To that end, I've assembled a panel of myself, Chris Lynch from Hockey Insiders, and Jim Williams, who is the host of many podcasts. And we're going to pick some teams to see that we that we would love to see on some NCAA schedules. How's it going? It's going well. I, I think that um, this is a wonderful opportunity to um, to play you know, athletic director here. And I have a couple of stories about some athletic directors who chose to, uh, to start hockey programs, uh, you know, in places where you wouldn't necessarily think that would be a wise thing, but I'll save that for later. Back to you, sir. This will be nice and free form. We'll be able to just pick schools, give our logic. Again, it doesn't matter that it's not really realistic. It's hardly realistic for almost any school to add hockey or at least if they're going to be doing it, you're going to see it years in advance. It's a long process, requires a lot of resources and a lot of money. So we're really just playing mm-hmm. around here. It's that way for pretty much any sport, I think. Um, it, it's that way for any school that's adding on uh, adding on anything, and you need a lot of things to go right for you. BU has just had that for their lacrosse team, and lacrosse is not a big-time sport, but that still takes a lot of time and resources to do. Absolutely. You know, Chris, I think that um, what you're talking about with the lacrosse aspect, lacrosse has been one of the fastest growing sports throughout college uh, campuses in large part because you can have a men's and women's team without too much trouble. And secondly, as far as um, as far as uh, cost effectiveness, um, lacrosse is a very cost effective sport. You can play it on a football field. You can um, you know, the sticks and helmets and all that are not particularly expensive uh, when you put it up against other sports. And so uh, they've had a, they've had a renaissance in it. And, um, you know, a lot of colleges who were, you know, not out there even thinking about lacrosse 10 years ago are now, you know, dipping their toe into it and some of them getting into it very heavily. Yeah, that makes Certainly. sense. Certainly. I get. And I guess hockey does have a few more 
stumbling blocks. Like it's a very specific playing surface and a very specific kind of facility and uh, culture that you need to build in order to have a, uh, a hockey team of any sort. So it's a difficult sport to set up for, but we'd like to see more of it. There's only 60 places you can do this. Can we have more, please? I know that Brett Adams, who is the uh, athletic director at Stevenson University in Baltimore, decided to uh, first and foremost launch a women's team. And he launched the women's team. It's a D3 school in, mm-hmm. you know, in Baltimore. And uh, after the success of the D3 school uh, women's side, uh, just last year, he, had, he started his first men's team at Stevenson. And, um, you know, they created, in some regards, their own little conference. And when it was all said and done, he found out that um, he could make money with uh, both men's and women's hockey. And I would think that, um, you know, that just kind of kicks off Tim's topic here, that uh, there are schools that are willing to dip their toe in the water and, uh, and get, you know, and get into the, the mix. Now it's a D3 school, but as we all know, in sports like hockey and, and others, lacrosse we just talked about, uh, it's not that big a leap to go from D3 to D1 if you put that investment into the program. Yeah, Merrimack College made that jump fairly recently, and Lowell, UMass Lowell has made a similar jump going from D3 for most of its existence to D1 in the 90s, now regular national competitor. So you can do it. It's quite difficult, but you can do it. You can, and it can be a rising tide that lifts all boats. You mentioned UMass Lowell. It seems that their entire athletics department is on the rise these days. It's nice to see that uh, some other programs, my dad is a longtime uh, college hockey guy. He went to Harvard for undergrad, and he's constantly surprised that of all the towns in Massachusetts that Lowell would be the home of a, uh, a college hockey powerhouse. It's, just, it's not a traditional place, and you kind of need not traditional markets in order for this sport to work. So Lowell works out perfectly, and... I'm just hoping that Huntsville and Arizona State can develop into better programs so that we can grow the sport in other places across the country. UNLV has um, has moved up in ranking and is ready to hopefully um, get into a situation where maybe they, Arizona State, um, and some schools, perhaps even out in California, might uh, might take the leap and uh, be part of um, what, in essence, would be a you know a, a WAC type conference out there. That's part of what makes this expansion special so so much fun to to think about because you can always build things around these schools that are so isolated, like Huntsville or like Arizona State, and I think that's a good place to start. I, Jim, why don't you give us your first school that you would like to see add hockey? Hmm. I, you know what? Because the, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Jeff uh, Fennick uh, has gone into a long-term relationship uh, serving as the marketing uh, department for the University of South Florida in Tampa, I honestly think that uh, with uh, they've got some incredible ice rinks around the Bay Area there that uh, 
you could, uh, I could see a day in the not too distant future where um, a University of South Florida uh, might take a step into the hockey uh, business uh, with Vinick, you know, uh, at his at their side, um, and uh, perhaps that could prompt maybe two or three other Florida schools, perhaps maybe um, some other state schools in the, um, you know, in the greater uh, uh, SEC country. To go with um, you know the with the um, Arizona I'm sorry Arizona Alabama schools to um, perhaps build what in essence would be a, a little you know a little SEC for hockey. Hmm. That's an interesting choice, and I didn't realize the Tampa connections that were down there because I, like many other people, don't really think of. Uh, I don't really think of Florida as a hockey place, but mm-hmm. I think Tampa would be a more logical place to start up than say down in Miami. But honestly, I think, I think if you want the sport to take off, you need to talk some of the bigger schools into making a jump. And the one that I w- would love to see make the jump, and this is a total stretch, but I would love to see the U, the University of Miami Hurricanes take the jump and uh, use the arena that the Panthers played in sunrise so that they might actually make some money and get some people out to the stadium and uh, join with USF or join with some of the other Florida schools, because you need some big names to make a big splash and make the sport a bit more, a bit sexier of a watch. So I would, I would say Miami, if we're going to go with Southern schools first. At the same time, there are a lot of atypical markets, and you mentioned earlier, Chris, that atypical markets have been very good for college hockey in the past. And there are some kind of sporting no-man's land in South Florida that's closer to Tampa than Miami, but the Miami teams might be more successful. They don't necessarily know exactly where, although this is closer to the Tampa Bay area, I'm going to nominate Florida Gulf Coast, and I'm going to do this because their ACHA Division II team has been great in recent years. So they already play hockey, and they already have some students that love to watch hockey. So there's a school that, if anyone could add hockey, I think they would really want to. I know they have a basketball program, and competing winter sports can be a problem. But, um, yeah, Dunk City, FGCU, Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, you're right. And Florida Gulf Coast, one of the reasons to be helpful for Florida Gulf Coast is they don't have a football program. So without a football program, they could, you know, they could have uh, an opportunity to sink some, in, you know, some money to invest it. And perhaps with the help of uh, South Florida and Vinick, um, they're on the West Coast at Fort Myers. So they're not that far away. And uh, I think one of the problems with the U is, um, like it is for many schools, um, the U, frankly, is. Let me try to be polite here, uh, and I <laughs> I spent a lot of time doing the University of Miami football. So, uh, the the U happens to be in a city that is the worst sports city in the world. And uh, really, you think my you think Miami is that bad for sports? Oh God, yes. I mean, they're a front runner. If you're the, you know. When the Heat was doing well um, with LeBron and that that whole triad there, 
Um, that was a more of a place to be. Okay. That was a happening. So people turned out. Um, if you look at the dolphins, you know, if they're, if they're doing okay, then, you know, they they'll bring people to sunlight stadium. The Marlins have a brand new gorgeous ballpark and they literally didn't sell out the all-star game. Um, so I mean, to be fair, to be fair about that point, if Jeffrey Loria is running your team and is as shady as he is, because I'll, I'll agree with you on the, on the heat, not drawing large crowds post LeBron and on the dolphins, not drawing good crowds, but on the Marlins, I would argue that's more because that organization is not trusted. And that stadium is something of a financial boondoggle that the new ownership of Jordan and Jeter and all of them, and that's going to take a long time to build back up trust. But the point is well taken everywhere else, I think. Yeah. I mean, look, I've, I grew up in Florida. I was around it. Ownership can only do so much. I mean, Mickey Arnston, mm-hmm. look, Mar- what does Mickey do? Right. Mickey goes out, he gets Paul, uh, um, he gets um, uh, Pat Riley to run the team. Uh, they bring the big three in, the big three leaves, so does the crowd. Uh, take a look at that mm-hmm. hockey team down there, the Panthers. The Panthers, you know, had some pretty good uh, hockey, you know, hockey situations down there. They had some pretty decent teams. There have been nights where they've been watched on uh, television by less than a thousand people. And that's on TV. Oh my. You don't have to pay to get in. Duly noted that. Miami has had its, its sordid history with sports, certainly, with, with supporting their teams. So so that's a it, – it's nice to see a, a bit of a free-form conversation developing there as well with Miami, the worst sports city in America. So <laughs> for round one, have, we uh, have three Florida teams added. Well, I, I want to point out one thing about Florida Gulf Coast is that if you wanted to make the jump, and uh, I'm just signaling down right now, if you wanted to make the jump and turn them into a competitive hockey team, you already have an arena in Fort Myers that's not too far away, or it's in uh, Estero called the Germain Arena. So you could have a decent sized, uh, a decent sized hockey arena. So it's something. And Florida Gulf Coast would make some sense not competing with um, uh, not competing with a football team on campus, and you could get away with having a hockey and basketball teams there as well. So you can do it, and it would make some sense, I think. And you just need to get someone competing with uh, Alabama Huntsville. You just need to get at least one other team competing with them down there. Well, I think you could also add to the mix somebody from Georgia. Um, you know, they've, they've built, uh, Phillips arena is a pretty, um, uh, a pretty nice place. They have Georgia Southern and Georgia tech literally right there in Atlanta. So it's quite possible they could, uh, step in and we already said, you know, we might be able to sneak USF in there. So there, there are some places in and around that area that, uh, might make some sense. I would be hesitant about Georgia tech for one reason. Atlanta has already seen two professional level hockey teams come and go. The mm-hmm. Flames were started in Atlanta and are now in Calgary, and the Thrashers flamed out, pardon the pun in the recent reference, and uh, mm-hmm. are now in Winnipeg. So I am not sold on putting a team in Atlanta, a city that has twice failed to support a, uh, a hockey team. At a different level, to be sure, and Georgia Tech 
has an inbuilt fan base, but I would still be hesitant about that. That's a fair. It's a fair um, commentary, certainly on the pro side. The reason I I suggested it was because far and away Atlanta is one of the better college towns, and I know a lot of mm-hmm. people don't think of Atlanta as a college town, but it really is. And um, Emory and Georgia first, Tech are the two big ones that come to mind. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the University of Georgia is not that far away, and Georgia State now, uh, much like uh, Central Florida and South Florida, is a massive university. As a matter of fact, uh, Turner Stadium, which once was the home of the Atlanta Braves, will very soon be the home of Georgia State University football. Oh, they're turning that old stadium into that makes some sense. It's nice to see that uh, they're getting some use out of it. But... Yeah, that old I mean, stadium yeah, can... built in nineteen ninety four. <laughs> this for an Olympic game, it was 21 years ago. for the Olympics. Right. Yeah. They start. What I'm saying. I apologize. They started building it in 1994. Um, right, 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 right. So, huh? Now that I think about it, it is a good college town, and I could see it, but I would still be hesitant, even with the inbuilt fan base, to put another hockey team in Atlanta. Oh, okay. you, your we, point's well taken. I mean, Atlanta, in some regards, has the same rep as Miami. Um, you know, it, uh, there are times when, uh, people just choose not to turn, uh, I'm, turn out. Yeah. I mean, go, yeah. I mean, go back to those days when Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin and John Smoltz were lighting it up for the Braves and how mm-hmm. poor those attendance records were with the best team in the national league. And they couldn't sell out their own stadium. Mm-hmm. If you have that caliber of team, and you're still having some difficulty selling out for the entire decade of the 90s. Right. I think we have reason for concern here. Well, quick story to your point. Uh, I used to do Jerry Glanville's show when Jerry was the oh. head coach of the Falcons. And Jerry was oh, that a fun guy to be around. And uh, on the, the first day he was announced as coach, he said he was very excited. That he had... Uh, Four season tickets that were given to him by the uh, the uh, team as part of his contract, and he accidentally left them on the front seat of his car while he ran into uh, the store to pick some up pick up some groceries. When he came back, he said the windshield of his car was broken, and there were eight tickets on the uh, front seat of his car. So, <laughs> so he knew what he was getting into and the market he was getting to uh, with that standpoint, but. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a dubious, there's no question, Atlanta is a dubious uh, sports town, but, you know, uh, you know, that's the fun of what we're doing here. We're just picking places and yeah. seeing what we can, what we can find. Uh, I will say, surprisingly, that an, another city which gets a bad rap, but actually isn't a bad sports town, is San Diego. That is an actual great sports town, so... With the Chargers leaving, I would love it, it. Might be a good idea to see what the University of San Diego or the Aztecs of San Diego State get a team there. There's also a lot of money in uh, Orange County, where, uh, of course, the the Anaheim Ducks play, and uh, mm-hmm. it might not be a bad idea for one of the uh, whether it's a USC or UCLA or you know one of the schools in the greater Los Angeles area uh, to step in because they've been throwing money for years um, at an attempt to pull the Clippers down there. And, you know, the Clippers are the third team in the 
in the Staples Center. So, uh, you know, I would uh, I would think that that um, that whole Southern California area, about you know the 80 miles between Orange County, California, and, and San Diego, uh, they might be able to find uh, the the proper team. And certainly up in the San Francisco Bay Area, where uh, every you know, you guys know as well better than I um, how well they love those uh, San Jose Sharks. So, you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of good schools up there in uh, in the Bay Area that might very well uh, make for a a good place to uh, uh, launch a California based league. Let's get the Dons of San Francisco out there. The, yeah, USF, you got USF on the East Coast and USF on the West Coast. That'd be nice. Uh, yeah, the, I didn't realize that. But uh, I mean, I just want to see a long time school. USF has a good history of athletics, but has fallen off. I'd love to see them get into a new sport and develop something uh, yeah. new. With with uh, since their last great thing was Bill Russell playing center for them in the fifties when they won two NBA cha- uh, NCAA championships. That's one thing I targeted when I was doing my list and all the names I could have come up with or of schools I'd like to see at hockey or schools that maybe they don't have a particularly strong program in any of their sports. And in particular, I kind of eliminated teams that had a very strong basketball history that have this very big basketball fan base, just because I always imagine trying to pitch to the alumni, hey, we know you love Polly Pavilion. Would you love it with a sheet of ice on it? And I don't see them going for it. But USC is, of all those schools, one that I really targeted myself, and Cal as well, for the, for the reason that in those are large schools that don't necessarily have a winter sports tradition of excellence and could easily jump into hockey with both feet in a way that some of the basketball powerhouses might be a little hesitant. And I love the San Francisco idea for the same reasons you mentioned, that they've kind of laid dormant in the sport they're known for, which is basketball, since, well, the days of Bill Russell, which that's half a century ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem, I, I could, the problem for San Francisco is not is really an, an economic one. They... Um, they have a wonderful university. They just don't have um, a large uh, alumni base to pull um, money from. But that being said, you never know. I mean, uh, we know that there's going to be a new arena built in San Francisco very soon uh, as they attempt to move the the Golden State Warriors across the bay. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's worth a it's worth a shot because the the money could come from the sharks um, and uh, the support from them. And so I know that when uh, we were talking earlier about Stevenson university in Baltimore starting uh, up and getting things going, the first thing they went to uh, went to, um, to have a conversation with was, um, was Ted Leontis of the, you know, of the uh, capitals to find out, you know, whether or not if they started this or that they would get some support from, you know, the caps and, and they were very pleased to find out that, yeah, they, they would get some support from the caps. Hmm. So, uh, there's one other city on the West coast that I'm thinking of that, uh, is a rabid sports town that 
I would have to think of the schools that are nearby that would work for it, but just in terms of the city and the place that I think would take to this sport well, I think you got to put a team in Seattle. If you can, I mean, the old key arena would go crazy for uh, for a school like Washington or Washington State with the obvious mm-hmm. concern of uh, of putting other teams around there because there's not much in the Pacific area unless you want to go all the way up to Alaska. But there's a big part of me that says, let's get some of these Washington teams and tap into that Seattle market. They've been yeah, missing you know, winter it- sports ever since the Sonics left. If you did that, which I think might make some sense, another city, again, under that flies for whatever reason under the radar from a sports standpoint, I'd pick up the phone and call Phil Knight and say, you know what, how about we do something in Portland? Yeah. And uh, um, so, what, so what, the Beavers of Oregon State and uh, the Ducks? Well, it would be uh, the or Ducks Portland State. You've you've always got Oregon and the massive pockets of Phil Knight, and while Nike no longer owns Bauer and Mm -hmm. can't just use the excuse of using them to show Bauer gear, they do make hockey sweaters. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to make hockey sweaters, they've used Oregon to show off all their football jersey designs, and Under Armour uses Maryland to show all their football jersey designs Mm -hmm. in the world. Why not? do the same thing with the Ducks. So I could see Oregon adding hockey, yeah. Because hmm. also, I'm thinking of with the recent re- reshuffling and realignment of the College Hockey Conference, mm-hmm. of course, the Central College Hockey Association got uh, got destroyed, and the WCHA has been completely abandoned by a lot of its old teams. So... I'm thinking you want to rebuild the old WCHA and mm-hmm. uh, or expand it and make it more uh, more of a force than what it is now. So I think you'd want to put a, put some teams out there on the Pacific Coast and just have them compete for it. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you guys a question because you guys are far more wired into the, the hockey uh, scene as, uh, than I am. Um, you got two cities in the state of Pennsylvania that uh, have some good colleges uh, in and around. What about Philly and Pittsburgh with the colleges I do they not have? Understand, I do not understand why the University of Pennsylvania does not have a hockey team. They'd be the easiest transition to make a, uh, a setup because you could step into the ECAC and compete with the other Ivy Leagues, and I and they probably have the money to do it. I don't understand why Penn doesn't have a hockey team. So that's yeah, I think, I think going back to that, asking the alumni, can we put an ice sheet at the Palestra thing might be, might be a big reason why they don't necessarily have it. They have a big cathedral that's a giant love song to basketball. And it, it, would, it might be hard, but that would be a perfect fit. You're absolutely right that Penn would be a great fit and I also highlighted Drexel myself as far as Philadelphia schools that could add something because they don't have a signature athletic program, but you look at where they are in Philadelphia, they're right across the street from Penn. They're right over by Rittenhouse Square. They're in very much the heart of Philadelphia. So there's a school that if they added a team in a relevant sport, here's a rabid city for sports and a city that has a sort of unique hockey history where they might really like the college hockey atmosphere and a 
an NHL team that's trying to be a college hockey team with Dave Haxtell in charge. So I think that Drexel would be a good fit as well as Penn. Tim, I mean, to your point, to Drexel, we... Drexel has a lot of um, a lot of money. Uh, there's a lot of money in Drexel, and Drexel could very easily um, spend money. And, and to both your points, I, guys, I don't think you necessarily have to worry about the you know putting ice in the palestra. I think that um, you're going to find that NHL teams are going to be very supportive in big cities. We're very supportive of having, just like you know, for instance, in uh, the Verizon Center in uh, in uh, Washington, uh, you know, they're more than happy to have Georgetown play basketball there. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. quite certain that in Philadelphia, they would be more than happy to have a Penn or a Drexel or both play hockey in there. Yeah, and and also on the alumni base. I can absolutely guarantee you that the Penn alumni base will want mm-hmm. to beat Cornell, Harvard, and Yale <laughs> in hockey. Yeah, I mean, if my again, my dad's a Harvard uh, a Harvard guy, so right. I could I, I can be certain that he'll be thinking, oh, they gotta beat Penn. These rookies coming in into hockey, let's show them how you actually play. Inbuilt rivalries, especially for a city like Philadelphia. Only thing about college hockey. They'd have to learn how to accept hockey without fights, which might mm-hmm. be a challenge. But in Philly, yeah, I, there's no question. Uh, Philly could do it, but I'm thinking of other Philly schools. Nova already has a, um, a, a classic basketball program, so you might have a bit of a challenge getting them to buy into hockey. And Temple is the other one that I that that I think of, and mm-hmm. I'm just not sure about them. So. You could be able to do it at some of the other schools, but Drexel and Penn are probably the ones with the best shot. Over in Pittsburgh, you have Robert Morris, and you have Duquesne, um, and you have Pitt. Now, Pitt, you know, perennially has a good uh, basketball team, but, you know, there's a lot of money in those three schools, all of them. Uh, If you, you know, know anything about Pittsburgh, you know that – Basically, for all intents and purposes, um, the um, Kane uh, University sits almost, um, you know, in the uh, in the parking lot of the Penn's <laughs> facility there. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, again, the alignment between a, uh, a college hockey team and the professional team just is. Uh, you know, match made in heaven. So I, I you know, and, and certainly if you look at the pens, they've been very successful, both uh, marketing wise and, and on the ice as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they would be more than happy to like Philly help out any one of the schools in that area that chooses to um, uh, chooses to take on a, a college hockey program. You can uh, be very interesting. The- Robert Morris, of course, already has hockey, and they play in the Atlantic mm-hmm. Conference, but they're also a smaller school. They have a passion right. for it, and they they love hockey, but they're not necessarily a the kind of school that can draw the the top recruits and really compete on a high, high level. But Duquesne mm-hmm. would be an interesting thing. It would create a local rival for them, and nothing mm-hmm. makes teams more crazy than having a rival. And while we're talking about Pennsylvania schools, two I would add 
together because I think they're a package deal are Lehigh and Lafayette because they fit that atypical so, market. There's right in between the two, but we're going to mm-hmm. get back to Duquesne for a second. I, Chris, mm-hmm. you had a thought? Um, just a note on, uh, on those schools on uh, Lehigh and Lafayette. I think those are interesting sales, but I'm not sure. They're both reasonably small schools that compete in the Patriot League. And uh, I just think, uh, I think think Lehigh is a little too small for it, though, to be fair, Union College is is about 2,200 and Holy Cross is small too. So I'm just not sold on it. I would be interested in seeing it, but I'm not sold on it. Well, they've got a nice arena yeah, where the uh, was it the Philly fan the Phantoms uh, the Philly uh, farm system is oh, right. there. So you've got a nice arena um, that fits you know would fit either one of those schools quite nicely or both of them, as Tim you're saying. Although, in a little bit, when you're talking about the PPL Center, it would be a bit of a trek for Easton. It's on the other side of a valley from where Easton is, where Lafayette mm-hmm. is. So it might be a little bit difficult for them. You would have to bring them in as a package just because they'd be a rivalry. But I think Chris has some very good points on that. It'd be these are smaller schools, and while. Mm-hmm. We like to glamorize smaller schools sometimes in college hockey because we just mentioned Merrimack earlier. We mentioned Union College. We have some very small schools that that have a deep love for hockey. But um, And since we're talking as though resources don't matter, I have no problem listing these two. But, yeah, you're right. That would be a bit of a pipe dream. I have a question for you guys, and you let me know what you think. I think over the next 10 years – that some of the universities are going, because of what's going on in college football, uh, with the concussion issue and all that, that uh, I think we're going to see some of these schools, because of financial situations, dropping football. It happens, uh, it's happened already um, at a number of schools, most recently at the University of Alabama, Birmingham, uh, where they drop you know, the football program. And there's going to be some open spaces and uh, the, those openings could be filled uh, by hockey. I just wondered you guys to weigh in on that. Just a, a thought, because again, mm-hmm. you're closer to the hockey crowd than am I. Um, I'm closer to everything having to do with college sports, but more than, uh, but you guys are hockey specific is, uh, do you think that that, that the thing of the football programs are, would benefit uh, the universities who are looking to perhaps add a sport, maybe hockey being that sport? The problem is if your worry is concussions, hockey is also a very high contact sport and is going to have to deal with the same issues. And they are dealing with them, but it, it, it might raise similar issues to add a hockey program if that's why you're dumping football. That said, if we're going to use that as logic, I think there are a couple of schools inside the city of New York that would be able to bring a city that has a lot of colleges but isn't known as a college sports city into the hockey world, um, perhaps Fordham. I was about to say that. that uh, I'll comment on the uh, – I'll get my comment on the concussion thing first before I join in on the New York City thing. But hockey is – in terms of youth sports, I think hockey and football are neck and neck for being on the short list of the more dangerous sports to play in terms of 
potential for head issues. So it, it might be bad optics if you um, say we're getting rid of the, of the football team for concussion issues and we're adding a hockey team as well. Uh, I think the I think college hockey is probably a quote unquote purer sport than college football is only because there's nowhere near as much money in it, and it's not. And if there is any money in it, then it is for the uh, it's for like some of the bigger schools like BU or BC, which aren't seen to be as as corrupt or as uh, old money, if you will, as uh, the big. The, the big football powers like Bama or, U, or USC or stuff like that for just optics reasons. Now, on New York, I, uh, I think that college hockey needs to put some schools, needs to get some teams in New York City. So Fordham is the next one that I think is a perfect match. There's two others that I would, that I would consider, Columbia and St. John's. Columbia has one inbuilt issue. For every other athletics thing, for all the sports that they have, Columbia is awful at sports in general. So it might be a little bit of a hard sell for them. But again, it's the same connection as Penn. With um, They would step into the Ivy League and compete against Harvard and Yale and all them. St. John's might be a bit of a harder sale, especially trying to get ice in, in uh, Karnasecki Arena. But I could see any of those, but Fordham is the easiest match for me. Fordham does have a lot of um, a lot of money, and um, you know it, those are the situations where um, you know the the new garden which they're proposing. Uh, I think it's going to be in Yonkers. Then, um, uh, of course, you got the the facility in Brooklyn. Um, you know the Barclay Center. Um, so, I mean, there's places for them to play. Again, you don't necessarily have to play on. Um, you know, on campus in these circumstances, obviously it's it would be best to do that. But if um, if there isn't a facility ready, well, then uh, as I say, there's uh, there's opportunities with regard to uh, finding openings. You know, to uh, put them in uh, either Brooklyn or in the Garden if there's uh, you know a need for it. I mean, New York is. Uh... New York is a great sports market, as much as I hate the Yankees. It's a great sports market. And if you can get big-time events, like Red Hot Hockey is a, big, is a fairly big college hockey thing. It's between BU and Cornell at Madison Square Garden. And Cornell is often considered to be New York City's college hockey team, which is a little bit sad because they are pretty far. Ithaca is a hall away from New York City. So I think you've got the best... Uh, the most inbuilt market for a place for northeastern expansion. Well, and just imagine what that would do to unique rivalries in college hockey within the state of New York. I'm sure a lot of those schools and a lot of people that come from areas like Ithaca would love to have a rivalry with the New York team outside of like a Bills-Jets game, for example because that's not something they always necessarily get. So that might be a lot of fun. It would be fun to see multiple schools in any city add a sport because that makes an instant local rivalry among schools that are very close together, but because of the way conferences work, don't necessarily play each other in other sports very often. So that would be fascinating. I would love to see Columbia add as well because they would – fit perfectly into the ECAC with all those Ivy League schools and 
there are a few schools that play hockey that aren't really known for any sports that are Ivy League schools that are in the ECAC. So they'd fit right in in a lot of ways because, you know, Brown and Dartmouth are in the ECAC. Yeah, and they are pretty terrible at that. But here's the thing. Dartmouth has at least a respectable football team within uh, within the uh, within the Ivies, and uh, this guy named Kyle Hendricks, who pitches for the Cubs, went to Dartmouth. So they have at least some baseball talent. Columbia has no history of doing anything even halfway decent in the sports world. I mean, my dad when he went to Harvard in the seventies, I keep bringing him up, but his least points are apropos. Whenever they would play Colombian football, they just went, Oh, we're winning that one easily. Cause they're awful. At sports. They'd have to overcome an inbuilt reputation in the Ivy league, but uh, it would be nice to see them. And it would be nice to see them uh, become uh, the sports team for New York city. And I don't know if NYU would be able to make the jump, but it might be interesting to see another big, uh, big school that is a D3 school and everything else try to make the jump. I mean, NYU and Fordham back in the 40s and 50s when Vince Lombardi went there had a big football rivalry. So it might be nice to see them try the whole D1 sports thing again. And it's such a well-known it's- school that we've never really seen play sports because they've been so low on the totem pole. So that would be interesting to people that even might not have a connection to New York. We've all heard of NYU. Got rid of it because um, they just got, uh, they didn't want to compete at the high D1 level in football anymore. So they, when their football program got knocked down a few pegs, the entire athletic program went downhill and they decided just to be a Division three school. So it would have to go the Merrimack route in which you would, um, in which you'd have to build up a good program at at a D three level or at a club level, and then uh, see if you can make that transition. But it would be nice to see a New York City team do something like that. You know, we've added a lot of schools so far, and I think we all have a few more that we'd like to get to. So there's a bit more to come. But first, hey Chris. What was your worst textbook buying experience when you were at BU? Oh, God, my worst textbook buying experience. Uh, I didn't have many bad ones, thankfully, but I uh, I bought all my books on campus, and I uh, it would take me a while to sift through the stacks and stacks of everything if I didn't pre-order them ahead of time. So probably my junior year when I spent about two and a half hours just looking for everything that I needed. So just the amount of time I wasted on a hot August day when the air conditioning was broken. It was probably that, actually. Well, with Amazon, students listening right now can get up to 90% off used textbooks by following the link on our Blog Talk radio page. No waiting in line, no searching through a giant bookstore in hopes there will still be a used copy available, no bookstore sticker shock. We've been talking about adding schools. This is the Puck University Expansion Special. I'm Tim Williams, joined by Jim Williams down in Baltimore and Chris Lynch here in the Boston area. You know, I think there's one area that we've been focusing on, which is the South. And I think if we're going to add teams in the South like we did early on, 
I don't think we can do this without leaving out how great Nashville has been to hockey in the last few years. And if you're going to talk about Nashville, that would add Vanderbilt, who would fit in a lot of ways. And it'd be interesting to see where they would fit into the college hockey world. Certainly, if we add so many Southern teams, there would be a nice conference to fit them. But there's a school that would that has a lot of resources that is in a city that's already crazy for hockey. And every time they talked about how great Nashville was for hockey, they mentioned the college atmosphere. Well, here, try real college hockey then. Let me make a comment on Vanderbilt and athletics. First, they don't have a traditional athletic department. They, uh, they treat their athletics as just another extension of uh, college life, which I think is brilliant. And it has worked for them very nicely. It's one of the most successful across-the-board uh, athletic departments in the country. So it's a unique setup. I think, it, I think ge- geographically it works perfectly. And I know some guys who play on the Vanderbilt baseball team. And the way that they talk about their athletics and the way that they go about everything, I think it would work beautifully. I I think Vanderbilt's the perfect fit to join in. And I would actually try to put them in, this would take some time, but I would put them in the NCHC so you have a rivalry or you have them competing with uh, Nebraska, Omaha, and uh, teams like that. They could also fit in the Big Ten being an AAU school. They've met they've added provisional members in the past on that same on that same credential, but you have to be one to be even a provisional member to the Big Ten. So they would be in high demand. If they added a program, it would be interesting to see what conference they'd fit in. They get twenty five million a year from their SEC deal with ESPN and CBS. I could see that, but uh uh, I'm trying to think, are there any other schools in the Tennessee area? I mean, could the, I don't think the volunteers on Rocky Top would have a team thinking in uh, plays. In no, the that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, or any of the other like, Tennessee State and Tennessee Tech schools. But uh, I think the only other one in that part of the, in that neck of the wood that would add it would be, um, would be Vanderbilt's. And I can't think of another school in the area that I would try and put a team in. No, there really isn't another um, university. They're, the ones in Tennessee in that area are are way too small. I mean, you're talking like Austin P and, you know, Tennessee, um, what is it, Tennessee, Nashville. No, they're they're too small. Yeah. Uh, I'll bring up one school that this is from an area that's already been mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, this is from, so I would love to see Georgetown University add a hockey program they, uh, to what they already have for their athletics. And to be fair, you would be competing with your basketball team immediately. But I think Georgetown would be a fairly easy fit. For, uh, for adding a team. Well, I think uh, the fact that Ted Leonsis is a graduate of Georgetown wouldn't necessarily be a bad uh, a bad uh, suggestion. You know, you know, pick up the phone and uh, 
give him a call or send him a note. Um, I'm sure he's uh, pay attention to it. That would be fun to see. Go ahead. And with Georgetown, you could open up a, a bunch more schools. Of course, the Big Ten's always looking to add schools. So with Georgetown and D.C., I know Maryland isn't exactly in the same neighborhood, but they use the market very well. So the University Maryland. of Maryland would be a logical addition on top of Georgetown. Plus, again, Maryland I mentioned Oregon enough. with their, their sweaters. Under Armour does the same thing. Yeah. Maryland is close enough, and uh, my mom went to Georgetown, so it would make a natural rivalry between Maryland and Georgetown if you joined those. Two. And then there's some other schools in the area, like American University is a Division One school for for many things, competes in the Patriot League with BU. So I could see them trying to put a team in American, assuming that they have the resources in the airport, which I just don't know about. But I would love to see. Um, American, give it a shot. Yeah. There's a little more money at George Washington, mm. so it, it you'd have a Georgetown George Washington um, rivalry uh, from a hockey standpoint. Uh, there's there's a kind of a rivalry as you guys talked about earlier between Georgetown and Maryland, but that's only because. Uh, they only play basketball against each other once every decade. It used to be a lot bigger back in the 70s when uh, yep. my mom went there. They do yeah. not like the Terrapins in general down there. No, no. They don't like it, and the Terrapins don't like Georgetown. Makes for some fun times then. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, I think Georgetown would make for a natural hockey – I think they would make for a natural hockey school, and I think D.C., is a market that would be totally down with having some college hockey. And Mm -hmm. maybe they could, maybe they could finally win some postseason hockey stuff instead of just constantly losing in the second round, like the Capitals do. Okay. Cheap shot, but we'll take it. Um, I mean, Hey, maybe they could have just beaten the Penguins in game seven. And then I wouldn't be pointing out their failures. Sorry, guys. I'm used to it at this point. Um, but but I will say that you're right in that uh, that there's a lot of hockey fans here, and uh, for the last seven years, uh, the Capitals sold out every regular season game and every playoff game. So there is definitely interest, and I think that uh, Leonsis and he has his own regional network now, which is an over the top TV, and he's got a partnership now with. Comcast uh, Sportsnet, so it's you know they started some um, uh, arena football to become programming, and there's nothing better than college hockey for, for a programming source. So it may make some sense for for him to reach out at least to Georgetown at first start, and then maybe to GWAU or Maryland at a later time to get them on his uh, network. You know, also in that area, and another school that would fit in college hockey, and in fact, when you look at the standings, sometimes you wonder why they're not there. The Naval Academy is right in Annapolis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Army has a team. Air Force has a team. So they'd fit right into that, to the same conference. They'd have, 
natural rivals. They'd have a couple of local rivals, given the other schools we'd mentioned here. And there's a school that I think would really fit in well with the college hockey world, Navy. I could see that working, yeah. I think you'd have to put them in the Atlantic Conference. A few moves. One, I would move Air Force out of the Atlantic Hockey Division and put them in the WCHA because you need good teams in that conference. And can we have geography that makes sense? They're in Colorado. It's not on the Atlantic. Please start making sense. And then I would put the Naval Academy in the Atlantic Hockey so that you could have um, another rivalry between service schools. But yeah, uh, Annapolis would make a lot of sense to me. And they're certainly not far from Washington. No, not at all. Sticking with um, sticking with large markets that are near the college hockey world, but not quite in it. There's really nothing in Chicago, as we mentioned when Chris called in from the Frozen Four earlier this year, that Chicago's kind of not it's only on the periphery of the college hockey world there's no school in the immediate area that has the sport so i would add northwestern just to keep with someone's got to fill out the big 10 yeah northwestern or illinois would be the would be a natural selection but northwestern is probably the next one just on a uh, on a regional basis you, you won't be able to get every or many or any maybe any games at the united center because you got to show that you're big time and that you can win something but uh, i could see northwestern making the transition and uh getting themselves a team there yeah i i think that there's a question plus there is uh, the the rosemont horizon uh, out by the airport at O'Hare does uh, have facilities for ice. So if you if you can't get in the United Center, they could play out there. Yeah, uh, and Chicago is a is a tremendous sports uh, sports market. So if you want a, a fan base that would eat it up quickly, especially since Northeastern uh, Northeastern Northwestern, excuse me, hasn't had a lot of success. In terms of uh, in terms of their sports stuff recently, so mm-hmm. I think they would fit the bill of one big city, two uh, a really good market, and three just a fan base that would eat this stuff up very quickly. I think that uh, you know, without question, the um, the folks in Chicago is probably the best sports town in the country. If you're talking about from, you know, soup to nuts, baseball, basketball, hockey, football. I mean, if you look at the television ratings week in and week out of the major cities, they are without question far and way ahead of New York, Los Angeles and such. Mm-hmm. I mean, the good people of Boston would uh, would have some things to say about uh about being a better sports market, but you're right in terms of viewership and eyeballs watching. Mm-hmm. Now, look, I, so, yeah. I think Boston's got a wonderful, you know, sports following as a as a major city. It's just that, you know, Chicago has a track record of uh, really being there, win or lose, and 
and Boston has not necessarily been their win or lose. They've been win, but not necessarily lose in some of the in some of the sports, not all of them. Thank God that uh, that a lot of the Boston teams have been winning then lately. <laughs> uh, oh, well, man. regardless, uh, I'm I'm taking a look at a list of other schools in the Big Ten, just a list of schools, and I'm noting Illinois Urbana does not have a hockey team. Since the fight in the line, I might make a good one. Uh, Indiana does not have one, but they're pretty set in uh, how great their basketball has been. So I kind of doubt that we would ever see a uh, a great hockey team out in Bloomington, especially with the culture athletically mm-hmm. of that state. It's basketball and then football. And then I don't think Indiana is, at least right now, open to having that good of hockey. So, no, I, uh, I think that... I'm sorry, Purdue? Purdue? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. unlike Indiana, they do have, they love their basketball team, but it's been a while since the days of Tractor Trailer. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, they've got money, and it's a private school. It's kind of like a Vanderbilt situation. But uh, I, I just think Indiana's way too basketball for them to even think about hockey. Oh, absolutely. Fair enough, I would fair enough. pull them immediately out. Purdue is interesting, mm-hmm. but I guess I would have to see it in order to fully um, to fully buy into it, I guess. I don't know who said it, but Iowa, they might, uh, they may take a flyer on it. Okay. Uh, okay, I mean, uh, also, I'll believe it fully when I see it. Uh, the other schools on here that don't have one, mm-hmm. Nebraska, uh, not Nebraska Omaha, but the the Cornhuskers don't right. have one. Lincoln. Yeah, I I could see something working there because football is king. But once that ends, the basketball team is only okay. The baseball team is only okay. Uh, they would be a very interesting fit, and it would make for a natural rivalry with Omaha. Yeah. I mean, you've got uh, they're they're under the same University of Nebraska system. The other one on here that doesn't have one is Rutgers. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking to fill out the Big Ten, Rutgers would make for, uh, especially if you try and get some of the other New York schools in there, you could have mm-hmm. Rutgers competing with other Big Ten schools, and then Rutgers going into doing big events in New York against uh, against the local teams there and against, and in the Garden. So they make for an easy uh, an easy transition. And New Jersey in general with the Devils and their mm-hmm. they've gone cold, but a long long line of success with uh, Marty Brodeur and Stevens and the Devils. So that's a hockey could, area. Yeah, if you could get Rutgers and Maryland in the mix, then you've got Penn State's rivals. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to think of, uh, so the Big Ten we've kind of exhausted. The uh, Are there any other, so this is one thing that I've been hesitant to think of. Uh, are there any schools in very traditional hockey markets that you would want to see jump into it? Because we've talked about the non-traditional places. Are there any schools in uh, in Michigan, in Minnesota, in Boston, or in Massachusetts in general? Are there any schools there 
in the traditional places that you'd like to see jump into college hockey, or is it too saturated already? Well, you guys know Boston. I, I think in the Michigan area, it's probably too saturated. I've got one, and it's Wayne State. Because while Ann Arbor and Detroit are not far apart, really, Mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things, Detroit's presence in college hockey has not necessarily been all that great. Mm -hmm. I mentioned it a lot of times this last season when they were tearing down Joe Lewis Arena that it never hosted a Frozen Four. Not one time. And it just seems odd to me that that, that, that Joe never hosted a Frozen Four. Not one time. And uh, I I feel like that's wrong. That just seems that seems like it shouldn't be the case. So Wayne State's in Detroit. Yeah, no, there's no Detroit question. from the college hockey world. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. There's let's see what else. I'm trying to think who else in the traditional areas there have. Um, We've talked about Philly. We've talked about Detroit. I'm sorry, uh, Boston, New York. Yeah, and uh, I don't. I don't think there's any other D1 schools in the Boston area that, uh, or any other colleges up here that would be able to make a transition. Merrimack is unique in being able to make a transition from D3 to D1, mm-hmm. and um, I just, I just don't think Boston has any more openings for anyone. It's an established market and you've already got four of the top of four of the sixty D one programs in Boston or in the area in Harvard, Northeastern, B U and B C and two of those are Vanguard college hockey programs in B U mm-hmm. and B C. So I just don't think Boston works for anything. But I don't think you, you want to water it down either. Well and even in a hypothetical scenario where Money isn't a problem, and it doesn't matter. I can't, in good conscience, say University of Massachusetts Boston should add anything given the situation they've been in the last couple of years financially. So, I, I that would be they're they're a school that wants to grow, but that's actually kind of been their problem. So I wouldn't put a hockey program there, and that would be the only school that I'd even come close to thinking about in that particular area so i i think you're right i think the boston area has exactly as many hockey teams as it needs uh you know any other there is go ahead i can name one city that doesn't have an nhl team but is in a hockey crazy part of the country and that's milwaukee what about marquette oh huh like isn't it odd that they don't even have an nhl team how did that happen? Well, I mean, the the thing is, Milwaukee, you know, was there a couple of times, and they used the they used the Minnesota concept, and that was that the colleges in the state of Wisconsin loved play hockey, but they they didn't generate any real, you know, urgency for a professional team. And if you recall, the North Stars left Minneapolis because of lack of support and went to Dallas. And um, it, you know, it took an act of Congress almost to get a 
team back in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Wilds have developed a pretty good following up there, so give them credit for that bit. But um, I honestly could see Marquette developing. It fits the mold of they would have an arena that they could go to pretty easily. They would have an inbuilt fan base that Marquette fans are very loud, very vocal, and very active. So they'd be willing to support their hockey team. And who wouldn't want to see the, who wouldn't want to see Marquette take down the Badgers? Yeah. So I could definitely see them. It is a traditional hockey area, not a traditional hockey city, but right. definitely a uh, prototypical hockey place. So I could definitely see them doing that. When I used to do the Big Ten game of the week uh, in football, and uh, there would be on the night before uh, Wisconsin football game a totally packed arena going nuts over, you know, University of Wisconsin hockey. So I'm just going to – I've been writing down this entire time each of the schools we've named. So I'm just going to kind of go down the list and just say all the schools that we've come up with so far and see if anyone's missed anyone. Mm-hmm. Got South Florida, Miami, Miami, Florida, Miami, Ohio already has hockey, Florida Gulf Coast, San Francisco, Georgia Tech, Georgia Southern, San Diego State, Oregon, USC, Cal, which is Cal Berkeley, Washington, UNLV, Penn, Duquesne, Pitt, Drexel, NYU, Columbia, Fordham, Georgetown, George Washington, Maryland, Navy, American, Illinois, Nebraska, Rutgers, Northwestern, Wayne State, Marquette, and Stevenson. Is there anyone that we're leaving off or anyone that even for sentimental reasons you just want to name? You know, I I just forgot it, and that was Jacksonville. They just started a uh, a hockey team this past season. Play at the University of Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, did they start up? Was it a club team that they started up down there? They started a club team, and their goal is to make you know make it a, a full-time uh, Division One team. I wish them the best of luck, but I don't hold... And this is not... To, I, I don't mean to say anything uh, harsh about Jacksonville, but mm-hmm. with how poorly the Jaguars have done down there, it, it just doesn't seem like a, uh, a big-time sports market or a place yeah, where... But that said, that they, they had a a very good relationship in minor league hockey for years in Jacksonville. That's fair. And they're getting a, uh, they're moving the, uh, the, the Jacksonville Icemen down there. Mm-hmm. So um, they, 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 the one time Evansville Icemen are now down there and I mm-hmm. think they're doing a decent job with it, but I just don't really trust. I mean, I hope the university of Jacksonville has a good team that would make for a good uh a good and natural rivalry with Huntsville and with some of the other Southern schools that we 
hope and want to see put there. But mm-hmm. I would just maintain a little skepticism with how poorly the pro sports teams have done up there lately. It's not really a pro sports area. I mean, it's funny. If you look at it, Jacksonville, the Jaguars can play against Tennessee on a Sunday and barely, you know, maybe they're 15,000 shy of selling the place out. And then you have a Jacksonville Reigns football team uh, playing in that same stadium and draw 30,000 the night before on a Friday or a Saturday. Not to mention the Florida or Georgia game. Well, with Jacksonville, I should point out that it's also pretty much the golf capital of the world at this point. It's right next to the golf capital of the world. So Mm -hmm. there is at least one sport that you can say unequivocally that Jacksonville adores. And, you know, I think the Jags have been through enough. We can't have Blake Bortles killing college hockey in Florida, too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, well, I mean, look, if you're looking at, if you're looking at, um, you know, Mississippi, um, Jacksonville is easily on par with that. Yeah, certainly. So, so anyway, okay. I think with that, it's about time we can bring this to the, to a close. Chris Lynch of Inside Hockey, let people know how they can find you on social media and what you've been working on lately. So I was with the uh, Brewster Whitecaps in the Cape Cod Baseball League as a cameraman for Inside Hockey for uh, Lower King TV broadcasting their games. I now, for this upcoming year, I will be writing for Inside Hockey covering the goings-on of the uh, Boston area, New England area college hockey teams. I did a piece on a longtime head coach at, UN- at the University of New Hampshire, Dickie Milley, which is the top piece right now on Inside Hockey. You can check that out at at InsideHockey.com. Find me on my social media feeds. Uh, my my Twitter feed is at CCLynchWall. My Instagram feed is at CCLynch16. And I'm broadcasting games at MIT and Tufts at Harvard. Those, uh, those will all be on my social media links as they get posted. And Jim, how about yourself? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, JWMediaDC. And uh, I write stuff for Sports Talk Florida and News Talk Florida and uh, Huffington Post. All right. Well, thank you both for coming on. This has been great. Also, thanks to Amazon. Follow the links on our Blog Talk Radio page for some good stuff. Thanks to Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and Stitcher. And thank you for subscribing. For Jim Williams and Chris Lynch, I'm Tim Williams. You can find me on Twitter at TimWritesSports. This has been Puck University, and as always, keep your head up and your hits clean.